Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We are in uh, Starkville, Mississippi. This is a Skype call. 
Uh, you may hear the tornado sirens in the back. I'm not sure. But I have Linda Marks uh, from the Boston area here with me. Uh, this is her third time on the show. Monitor have her back on. Uh, she recently put out an album before uh, this album. And so uh, the hardest working lady in music. <laughs> Linda, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. And it's a real privilege to be back on Porch Talk. Right on. And so our topic for today, uh, on top of, I just wanted to reflect, uh, we met through NPR's Tiny Desk Concert Series about three years ago. And uh, that was around the time that this podcast uh, started kicking around, and I scooped you up then. And uh, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you, and um, I'm so thankful that you always are thoughtful of me to send me uh, your 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 albums and uh, the write-ups and everything so that I can stay connected with you and what you're doing. Uh, it's uh, incredibly inspirational uh, to me as a songwriter and someone who is in music to see someone who just works as hard as that you do to uh, not only just be a songwriter, but be very uh, current with the times. And so that is a big part of our talk today. So I wanted to take a little time to read off of uh, DickJimmy.com, uh, the recent write-up that you had. Uh, Linda Mark's single, Let There Be Hope. Let There Be uh, Love. Let There Be Love is the beacon of hope that we need. Uh, the two can be quite uh, related. The They're very related. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, Linda Mark's new single, Let There Be Love, is the beacon of hope we all need right now. We're all living at a time when our nation and the world feels bitterly polarized and divided. In response, two friends, musical collaborators, each with notable achievements, are proud to release their song, Let There Be Love, a message of healing, unity, and acceptance for everyone. Uh, what a way to kick it off. And so uh, as I'm breezing through the article, I might want to uh, highlight a couple of statements made there. Uh, so tell me a little bit about uh, the formation of the song. Obviously, it has a, a quite a bit to do with uh, coming out of this pandemic. And uh, when you know it, we're on the verge of uh, a, a world, another world uh, plague, uh, a little thing that we like to call war. So of. Yep. Uh, Tell me a little bit of the walkthrough and how that song came to be and how y'all uh, came together to collaborate. Sure. Well, to start at the beginning, Mike Greenlee is a New York lyricist. And the way he and I connected actually was on my home album, which was just released um, in January, January 1st, actually. This is my home album. And I'm very happy that it charted at number 18 on the folk charts from Folk Alliance International, the global folk DJ community. So I'm very grateful it was received so well. There's a song, the only cover actually, that I recorded for any of my recent albums was written by Mike Greenlee and Grant Malloy Smith. It's called I See You. It's a beautiful song about our older Americans. And I was so touched when I first heard it that I had to arrange it and record it. And when I first posted my just at the home piano recording when I was first arranging it on YouTube, Mike Greenlee wrote to me. And it started up a friendship and a connection. And he's a really lovely man. He he writes from the heart. He's a wonderful lyricist. He calls his friends the words, you know, and he has a real gift with words. So it seemed like a natural thing for the two of us to do something together because it was a real heart-to-heart -heart connection. 
And the context initially was pandemic life. It's been more than two years of pandemic life, and it's not over. The BA.2 variant of Omicron, called the stealth Omicron, is now starting to surge. I live in mm -hmm. Massachusetts, and our numbers are starting to go back up again. It's in the wastewater. So people are exhausted. They, you know, they feel alone. They feel beaten down. It's so hard to live in a pandemic world. And that's where we started to write from. And then the war in Ukraine broke out, which is a, a heartbreaking, senseless, devastating war. And there's so much weighing on us that we wanted to write a song of healing that would bring people together. There, you know, one of the, lyr the lyrics that I wrote has to do with the political divides that we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, you know, and we're all people, can't you see, with a heart and soul inside. There's a need to dig down into that human core and bring us together to support each other for uh, the, the, the good side of people to come out because so much of the dark side has come out, sadly, and all the polarization. So Mike and I wanted a message of healing, of hope, of upliftment, and our vision is for this song to reach as many people as possible all over the world to try to transform some of what's so heavy in people's lives. And it was a very natural song for the two of us to work on together, and we're very proud of it. I also wanted it produced at as high a level as possible. It would be absolutely amazing if this song could be nominated for a Grammy, because to have a song like this in the Grammy pool would also help take the message a lot further. We write this, you know, to make a difference in the world. So I had it produced by Eric Balke at Hudson Harding Music and Glenn Barrett at Morningstar Productions in Philadelphia. He's a two Grammy award winning sound engineer producer. And we have a wonderful, beautiful version that I'm really proud of, which is what we're going, we're going to release it formally on May 1st, which is Global Love Day. It seems like an appropriate day, but we're trying to get it circulating as soon as we can, everywhere we can, because it's a message people need to hear. If you if you have a copy that you would be willing to share, I would love to tag it at the end of this episode on the audio format. It obviously wouldn't be here on the YouTube format, but- um, Right, certainly. I can, I can send you the MP3. Um, if that would be helpful. We haven't yet released it on the digital platforms because we're releasing it on the 1st of May because it's Global Love Day, but I do have the mastered MP3 and it has been submitted for digital distribution. I, uh, awesome. And uh, we are no stranger here on Porch Talk to uh, Grammy-nominated songs. We had uh, Jimmy Duck Holmes uh, from the Blue Front Cafe in Bentonia, Mississippi. He was Grammy-nominated uh, Back in 2019 or 2020 now, mm -hmm. uh, just you know how with the pandemic, the years just kind of run together. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would uh, I would love to uh, have that song uh, shared here on the show because uh, uh, since I got to know you and uh, familiar with your work, like I said earlier, you you're so good to me as far as sending your albums. It's uh, just something that I was reading right here on the article. Heart centered singer songwriter Linda Marks is like. Uh, with all the works that you've sent me, and as I begin to get familiar and more familiar with your work, is uh, it's it's always a song from the heart. Uh, so yeah. um, I'm always thankful to uh, to have your your music, and it, it is definitely uh, a bit of healing uh, for me uh, when times are uh, such as now with tornado sirens going off. It's like, where can I get me a little bit of peace? Absolutely, so, absolutely. 
So I wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the uh, January 1st release of your latest album, Hope, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was album number 10? It's actually album number 11, studio Here album we- number 11. It's, yeah. <laughs> my, but my first album came out when I was like 21 years old in the right. mid-1980s, you know, and then I had a lot of decades before I could do it again because of what I call the undertow of life. But um yeah, I have 11 studio albums and a 12th coming out in June, actually, called Kindness. So. <laughs> Just putting in the work. And I mean, it it goes back to the first time I had you on the cast is, uh, you know, and just to do a little bit of reflecting here is uh, uh, with you and raising your son, uh, it felt like a little bit of your life got robbed. You really couldn't get after um, music as you wanted to be because you you had to be a mom. And a single mom. And in addition to that, my mom had Alzheimer's. Yesterday was the eight-year anniversary of her death from Alzheimer's. And I wrote a post on Facebook. Actually, all the posts I've made over the years about her death all popped up yesterday. I wrote a song three years ago to commemorate her five years of passing called The Gardener because with Alzheimer's, the one part of her that remained was the part of her that loved to garden. So that story is on my 2020 release, The Piano. But the long and short of it is I was literally in the middle of what they call the intergenerational sandwich with a mom with Alzheimer's and raising my son as a single mom with no child support and working. I could not do my music for a very, very long time. So since 2014, I have released 10 albums with (laughs) another one coming out. Actually, two are coming out this year. I have yet another one for the end of the year or January of 2023. And, you know, the bottom line is when, when you really have something in your soul and you don't have the ability to do it or express it, when the space opens up and I made a thousand percent commitment when my mom died that I was gonna give it a thousand percent and I've been doing that, it just a lot opens up. So music is my first language. You know, I didn't talk till I was three, but I was writing music as a toddler. I'd go find any piano as as I could because I didn't have one. And I'd just start writing. And there's a whole story about me as a little girl writing music, including my eighth grade graduation song. My first singer songwriter, you know, performed in public song even before I had my piano. So over the time since my mom died and my son's now 26, which makes a difference. I've just really given my heart and soul to music. And during the pandemic, when so many things were weighing on us and so many things were happening, it's been a very fertile time for songwriting. Right on. And just before we delve, because uh, I want to revisit some of part of uh, your story, but I want to talk about what you do for the Boston area with the music saloon. And so I know we revisit that every time we get together. Sure. I just I just I love I love the heart because I'm beginning to do it here in my town is uh, I'm throwing my third music festival in, on April 8th and 9th. And uh, it's about uh, Mississippi and Alabama originality because I live right on the state line and I have my artist friends coming out to share their art. I have my comedian friends coming to make us laugh. And it's it's just going to be uh, two heydays. Of just, hey, forget everything else that's going on. Let's just have ourselves a ball right here. I got food trucks coming, so it's, it's going to be an absolute blast. So, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so give us, uh, give us a little yeah. bit of the scoop on uh, the Music Saloon. Uh, origin stories, how did that come to be? Was that a part of... Uh, you, when you finally were able to start writing music as you like to do, or 
and now let's let's create a space or what was it so I've always cared about building community through music and art. Even when I was 21, I founded an artist alliance group called the Boston Arts Roundtable, and we would meet. It would be a group of musicians, writers, visual artists, and we'd get together and support each other and talk about the process of being an artist. And then I'd produce multimedia concerts in eastern Massachusetts and have really wonderful DJs who are well-known to the community be our MC. So even when I was in my early 20s, I was doing that. So I've done it my whole life. And mm -hmm. so when I moved to Waltham, Massachusetts, which was actually my mom died March 29th, 2014, and I moved here at the end of 2014, the house that I moved into had a space where I could hold music salons. I'd actually done it even in my 20s when I lived in a place called Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. The, the whole theme of bringing people together, building community through music and art has just been so important. So I got a space where that was possible. And so in 2014, I started, it was a monthly house concert series called The Music Salon. And I have a modest home, 20 people is a full house. It's not one of these giant houses. But we would have um, music, we'd have sometimes poets, authors, visual artists. There would always be a potluck dinner, and I love to cook healthy food, so I'd always make wonderful stuff as a base, and other people would bring stuff. We did that for six and a half years till the pandemic shut us down in March of 2020, when it wasn't safe to bring people inside. So mm -hmm. I had to pivot that into a new format online when it became a pandemic, and I've had some of these, um, it's sort of like a virtual house concert, but the thing that's different is people now can be anywhere in the world. One of the, and I also do this in other virtual platforms too. There's something called The Loop at the Armory that was a wonderful songwriter series that we used to do live. We pivoted that to online. And I think mm -hmm. the last concert had Marvin Velasquez, who's the Boston Nova Prince of the Philippines, who's wonderful. You know, he was part of the show from the Philippines. I've made friends from Australia, you know, never mind all over the US or Canada, literally all over the globe. And it's lovely to be able to now include people from all over in a lineup. So that's been a piece. Another Artist Alliance piece that's been very important is in 2018, I co-founded Women in Music Gathering. That's an Artist Alliance group for women in music of all ages and backgrounds. And my own story, I call it falling under the undertow of life, where the responsibilities of the relationships in my life, be it raising my son or taking care of my mom, knocked me out of the professional music field for a couple decades because there was no way I could do all of that all at the same time. And until my mom had passed, I couldn't really dive in a thousand percent again. Many women have stories whether they, you know, didn't get into professional music till they were older because they're, you know, they were taking care of families or they like me had timeouts. Um, or they sacrificed some of those pieces for their musical career. It's it's not easy to do all of that the way the music industry is. So we have done, um, besides supporting each other personally and professionally, I've produced a whole bunch of wonderful shows, both live when we could and online. We love to do benefit concerts for good community charities. We were able to do a live show in November for Wigs for Kids. We have an annual show at the Burren in the Boston area. It's a wonderful venue. And we've done a series of shows there. And, you know, we've done a benefit for Buddy Dog Humane Society. We, we've done them live, but this year we did one online. Um, we do 
whatever we can. We a bunch of us went up to One Broadway Collaborative, which is a wonderful new live music venue in Lawrence, Massachusetts, and we did a benefit for the new music venue. And we're participating in a wonderful project called the Cotta Blue Project that Diane Cameron Elam um, is has created. I was I was very grateful that I um, wrote a song that will be it's sort of the theme song the anthem for the project, nice. and what the Cotta Blue Project is it's about the unsung Delta Blues musicians whose musician whose music is really the foundation for every genre today. Diane hey, there is you in go. Atlanta. She's a phenomenal singer songwriter, a music historian, and writer. So she wrote a book called Unstrummed, where she made up a fictional character called Cotta Blue, who's a composite of all the Delta Blue blues musicians. And what I did is I wrote a song that was literally from the voice of Cotta Blue. It's called Unstrummed, and I hope to release that in the near future because it's part of the Cotta Blue project. And she's doing a documentary to go with it and the song will be part of the documentary but the women in music gathering did a very special show at one broadway collaborative a couple weeks ago to celebrate diane's book so as an artist alliance group and building community through music and art at this point when you can do things virtually because one broadway collaborative has hybrid shows you can either come in person if you live nearby and it's live stream so anywhere when anywhere in the world can watch it and it's saved to youtube so you can watch Afterwards, we put on a wonderful tribute show, um, and the group actually performed Unstrummed. It was the first live performance of the song. So lots of ways to build community through music and art. Right on. I want to ask, just while we're talking about the blues, I have a dear friend of mine who comes down to Bentonia. He'll be with me in June for the, uh, the Bentonia, uh, the Blue Front Cafe Festival. Are you familiar with my dear friend, Ryan Lee Crosby? Yes, I am. He's wonderful. <laughs> He's absolutely wonderful. And had we not had a pandemic, I was he was booked to come to the music salon live. But, you know, I, I had to stop because of the pandemic and it's not safe to do it again. But Ryan Lee Crosberry is a wonderful person. Uh, yeah. And what, like when you start talking about the Delta Blues, it's like I don't I, you know, I'm not I have uh, I have you and him uh, when it comes to the Boston uh, music scene. But you know, Ryan is—he uh, writes for a guitar magazine, and on top of that, is like yeah. he's so dedicated to uh, music. As far as like, you know, he may—he came to Mississippi to learn the blues from those blues guys and to be able to play it as it is. And the same with some of the Indian styles that he's learned with the different instruments. Is like uh, j just a heart of gold, and like, you know. If I want to learn about a tuning or if I want to learn about the way a style is, I refer to Ryan because I know that he put the work in. And so I'm so I'm so blessed that y'all know each other because, you know, when you yeah. start talking about the blues in Boston, I was like, you need you, you need to think about. Yeah. It. And he, yeah, he's he's wonderful. And I met him through another wonderful singer songwriter named Allison Callery. She came to the music salon before the pandemic and he came to see her cause they were friends. So that's how oh. I first met Ryan. And I immediately booked him for one of our shows in 2022 that we couldn't run, but you know, he is wonderful and it's wonderful to see what a small world it is and how we're all interconnected. Right. It's uh, it's the beautiful thing about just not only the NPR time, this concert series or not only just, this podcast or just these, the festivals that I get to attend. But like, I can't tell you just how much the world of music has opened up since I've started doing this podcast. And, uh, you begin to see how small it really is. 
Yeah, it's, it's a real blessing. Yeah. It's uh, it's great. So I wanted to spend a little time with you just going back. It was when you were a child, it was uh, picking away at your grandmother's grand piano. Yes. Well, my grandmother had a chickering grand piano, but my grandmother didn't even want to meet me when I was born. She, My grandmother was a very sort of nasty, uptight woman. She'd been an opera singer when she was young, and she wasn't very happy that my father married my mom. My mom was a wonderful person, but she came from a poor family. And not that my father was from anything other than middle class, but my grandmother had aspirations for her son to marry other than a poor girl, even though she was nice. So she actually didn't even want to meet her grandchildren until I was like five or six. But when I was five or six and I finally met her, the first and immediate thing I noticed is they had a chickering baby grand. And of course, I started playing it because that was me. If there was a piano, I'd start to play it. And she'd always like, don't do that. Don't bang on the piano. And I never banged. I actually was playing music, but she didn't want a little kid to touch her piano. But the thing that was really interesting is that over the years, um, I was promised my great grandfather's piano. He had a piano and he, they both lived in Rhode Island, Mass in Rhode Island. And when my great grandfather died, I was never given the piano that had been promised to me and I was heartbroken. So then I was promised that I could have my grandmother's chickering when they died. And, um, I think my grandfather died when I was 22 years old. And my one and only request is this time, please let me have it. Mind you, I bought my own piano, Arika and Sons Upright, when I was 13 because I couldn't wait that long. And I earned the money <laughs> myself to get my own piano. But the chickering is downstairs in the music salon room here. And nice. when it is, when someday when I can do that again, it's a concert quality chickering. When my mom died, I rebuilt the chickering so that it's a concert quality chickering. Well, and just for those listeners, like uh, when people think about these grand pianos, like what is, is it? Oh, I saw, I saw a cat there. This is Quinn. She's 16 <laughs> years old. Quinn, Quinn, say hello. She actually, whenever hello. I, I've been doing a live stream series, it'll be week 107. And she always makes about six appearances when I do a live stream. And then she meows like that. Uh, she's 16 years old. She's a rescue kitty. And she has a song called Second Chance. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you I know you love I know you love the animals. What about uh what about your corgi boy? What yeah, Noah around? Corgi. He has a song too, yeah. <laughs> Noah Corgi is the boy from Ipanema. He's downstairs, but Quinn's up here <laughs> with me in my office space. And um she loves to pay attention and oh, get yeah. attention. As you can see, she's right here. If my arm goes out, it's because I'm petting her face. But if she wants to bring her closer, or she might walk right into the, the line of the screen again. <laughs> But uh, um, yeah. just to go back to the, the chicker, and just Chickering, for those yeah. who, who may not be aware, just what is the difference between that and other grand pianos? Well, the chickering was the Steinway before the Steinway. Okay. So there was a time the chickering was a very, very fine piano, and people would buy a chickering because there wasn't yet a Steinway. And what's really interesting is there's a, a part of Connecticut, I think it's called Ivorytown, I was at a, a music um, retreat, I think it was in tw 2018, well before the, the pandemic, and I had a little extra time. So I actually drove to Ivorytown and some of the towns near it. And there's a town, I don't remember, it's Ivorytown itself, but there was a place that actually made piano keys there. 
And they made the ivory piano keys for the chickering pianos there, which was really cool. When I walked there, it was like, I felt like this is deja vu. I must have like been in a movie or something. So the chickering is a very fine piano. And that's why the man who's been taking care of my piano for all these years, um, when my mom died and I had a little bit of money that I inherited, I said, is it worth basically taking care of this piano and bringing it up to concert quality status. And he said, yes, because the chickering is worth it. My Rickin Sons isn't worth it because it isn't worth a whole lot. But a chickering was well built enough, and particularly from the period my grandmother bought it in, that if I put some money in to rebuild it and restore it, it would sound amazing and it would be worth the investment. So I did that. And I want to see, because uh, I don't think we've ever talked about this, is uh, your your college background. So you went to an Ivy League school. Yes. I was, so, I did. did. I went to Yale. And I, I was sort of like your middle class kid who worked really hard to be there. It was quite eye-opening because there were a lot of incredibly wealthy and privileged people. And I was not one of them. Like, I worked. And I worked summers. I worked when I was in college. I worked summers in between college. Um, and I also decided to be a music major because it was my deepest love. But I was a self-taught kid. Like I, I took recorder lessons when I was three because I wanted a piano. And my father always said no. Um, and there was a free, which was always the operative word, um, course for preschool kids at the Longy School of Music, which was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And my mom was trying in some way to do something musically because it was obvious I had to do something. So. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I was in an experimental recorder program and my mom was told I was gifted and talented and they encouraged that I be supported, which my father never did. So I have a story of first, you know, the recorder, then I was in a free Suzuki violin program in my school system and I learned violin, even though I was, I was good at it, but I didn't want to play it. Then I learned how to play drums by myself and I was like the Karen Carpenter girl drummer in my grammar school band. I like that a lot. And when I found, then I bought a guitar when I was 11 because um, that was cheaper than buying a piano. And I taught myself chords on the guitar. And when I was 13 and had enough money that I'd work for to get the piano, I taught myself piano from what I taught myself on guitar. So then I go off to Yale, you know, as a self-taught person who writes sort of intuitively. And it was very daunting because everyone else was classically trained and had been to Austria. And, you know, I had just been like poking around on the piano, teaching myself ragtime and writing music. But what was really cool is there was the chairman of the music department at the time was named Maury Yeston, and he ended up winning a Tony for the musical he wrote, and he was a songwriting professor. So I had one ally. I was like a stranger in the music department. I was more into songwriting, and if anything, like jazz and blues and R&B and folk, and, and everyone else was classical. But I ended up getting honors and distinction in my major in spite of the fact that I was like, you know, just self-taught because there's something in the heart of a songwriter. Like you can't learn that. It's like in you. And I was very grateful for Maury Eston because 
he actually gave me a little space to be a songwriter. So yeah, I think about uh, and that is just a classic example. And uh, I think about my dear friend A. Partridge. Uh, he's a folk. Uh, he's also an artist, but he's a folk singer songwriter. Uh, learned ban- banjo first. Uh, mm-hmm. Sent off to the desert to serve. Came back. And here he became a songwriter. And I'm thinking about like uh, he's got a recent song on his uh, latest album that he put out. It's called Out of Alabama. And it's it's one of my favorite songs uh, of this year so far is uh, it's just talking about what it would take to get out of Alabama. And like it's a song between an audience member and himself on stage and like their conversation like between a set. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, your band is hot. And it, it was hot last night. It's hotter tonight. But look, these blues ain't never going to get you out of Alabama. And it's and like as I've talked and gotten to know him is um, we kind of come from the same background. It's like I was into a music program for a time and I was in it for two years right at it. I think three semesters. So a year and a half if we're being like real technical about it. But uh, I remember just not being into it because it didn't have any feeling to me. Yes. And like I've, I was at the time I was 23. So I had been playing music for eight years and it was always self-taught and like paving my own way. And, Mm -hmm. and it was that same thing where like all these people I was surrounded by, they were classically trained or were brought up in a music family and, uh, you know, they could sight sing on the spot. And I was like, I don't even know what that is. I just feel it. And, uh, so we align there, you know? And so, I mean, there's just something about, uh, music when you feel it because it doesn't feel so robotic. It, it's, it's not at all robotic. It's organic. It's natural, you know, and, and whether it's writing music or singing music or arranging music, or like when I was a little kid, people used to call me harmony in a box. I could, I could sing a harmony to a song I'd never heard that I was singing for the first time. Cause I just automatically tuned in and did harmonies. So writing harmonies was just fun and natural. I didn't know that everyone couldn't do that, you know, but sure. it's, it's just when, when you do it more intuitively and from the heart, it just, it feels so nourishing and wholesome. And on the one hand, I respect people that can open like sheet music and just like play it. I'm dyslexic. You know, what I would do during ragtime is I'd like one note at a time, I'd plunk it out on the piano and then I'd get it in my fingers and I'd memorize it and throw away the music, you know. But, you know, people who can just read sheet music like that, that's a whole skill. That's not my skill. But what I can do, yeah, I can feel it. I can hear it. I can figure stuff out. I can arrange it, you know, and I can really love it. Right on. So I just, we had an episode set up and I mean, we're doing it now. So it's, we didn't lose anything, but we did miss the release. But I, I wanted to spend a little time, like just walking mm-hmm. through some of the songs and the inspiration behind them. Uh, sure. I've got, I've got a, I've got your recent interview with Metronome pulled up here, but uh, you know, tell us a little bit about uh, just walking through some of the songs. If you'd like to start with home. Sure. Uh, sure. Well, Pand- the pandemic has has certainly had many of us spend a whole lot more time at home than we ever used to. You know, I sure. my my um, my body psychotherapy office. I haven't really worked in it since early March of 2020. I've been working at home in this room with a piano, and you know, my kitty cats come in here too. So I gave I started to give a lot of thought about what is home, 
you know, what has it been, what has it become and what's it going to be? And that was sort of where the, the seed for this album came from and where the title song home came from as well. Cause the song home is all about, you know, what is a home and home is where the heart is. And so that's where it all started. And the second song on the album is called dance me home on the home fame. I love dancing. I haven't been able to do much of that in a pandemic, but it's, it's a real fun, upbeat song. Um, which is really about my love of dancing and just in essence, it's a song people can dance to, but it's an uplifting song about how we meet people through dancing and it's a dancing can be a sense of home as well. This, the third song on the album is called in the distance, which is an Americana arrangement. And I actually wrote that because I met my partner Rob in August of 2020 in a pandemic. I can't believe that actually happened. He lived up in New Hampshire. I was down here. And for three months, we just talked to each other because we didn't really want to take the risk of meeting somebody in a pandemic unless we really, it was worth the risk. So, you know, we talked like every single night for three months. And oh, burning the phone lines, were you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't even want to do Zoom, you know, or, or FaceTime. <laughs> he liked the phone. So anyhow, um, he had written some words about his, who he was, and I incorporated some of those into the song in the distance. So in essence, it's the story of how we met, and it's Americana with mandolin and banjo and, and fiddle and mm. guitar and piano. Um the, the fourth song on the album is called Wisdom Words. I, I started to think about the older people in our society because of the song that Mike and Grant wrote, I See You, which is the fifth song on the album. And, you know, I, as I said before, I love that song. I had to sing it. It was from the heart. So when I started thinking about, you know, what's it like to be an older person, I wrote Wisdom Words, which is an upbeat song. You know, it's um, it's definitely folk. And it, it it's about an older person meeting a younger person, say on a park bench and just talking about their life, you know, what they'd want someone younger to know about. And it's upbeat and it's fun. And, you know, it's from the heart. Um, so then there's ICU. And then the sixth song on the album is really cool. It's called Jazzin. And as someone who's never really fit in a, a, a technical genre box might, you know, you can have our Americana folk, you know, R and B, some songs sound like gospel. Some songs sound like Latin. Some could come out of a Broadway musical, the blues. I, w I write whatever comes through. Jasmine came through during the pandemic and it's a, it's a Latin jazzy song. It has saxophone. It has flugelhorn. Craig Aiken gave, gave a killer bass line. Joe Saborn did killer jazz guitar. It's it. People love this song. It makes you want to tap your toes, dance, and it's just yeah. uplifting and nourishing. So it's really fun to play. And my lyrics aren't lyrics, but I'm using um, vocalese from the jazz tradition, which some people might call scatting. So it's a whole different thing of being able to do Gesundheit, being able to do the the vocalese um, with the, the background riff. And people love that song. Then the seventh song on the album is called Shadows on the Ground. One thing I've done a ton of in the last almost three years is walk. Because I was a person who went to the gym seven days a week before the pandemic and then wasn't so safe. So I started to walk and walk and walk and walk. And I've really yeah. enjoyed uh, some of your photography that you would share yeah. on your social media with like, whether it be a tree or whether it was the flowers or maybe yeah. just whatever you saw while you were out on your walks. Exactly. It was always 
it was always something really good to see. So that was like when I saw the title of that track, I was like, I'm pretty yeah. sure I know the inspiration behind that one. Exactly. So that that song came from the walking and the walking through. And it's amazing to walk through all the seasons, seven days a week, 365 days a year. I've always been a photographer, but it gave me the opportunity to say, wow, the sky never looks the same any two days. You know, oh, no. And even if you get a reflection on a body of water, depending on the time of year, it looks completely different. And the blue of the sky, I, I now have a thing about looking for when the sky is really blue and when clouds are popping through and because we don't have flowers yet. But it's, it's once you start looking for beauty, there's so much beauty, even in your own neighborhood. Like some oh, yeah. of the photos I take, people would never believe it's in Waltham, Massachusetts. My son and I do this two and a half mile circuit up. You know, there's some really steep hills we go up. But just amazing what's there when you look for beauty. So, yeah, Shadows on the Ground came from those walks. And then um, the eighth song on the album is a really funny song. It's, it's sort of in the Americana folk style, too. It's called Winter Sounds because I hate winter. For someone who lives up in New England... I've always hated winter. I've always preferred going to other parts of the country that don't have winter. So Winter Sounds is a really funny song about how much I love the other seasons, how much I hate winter. And people really like that song because it's funny. Well, yeah, then, so I yeah, think like just with winter is like, I mean, we think about it. It's like uh, we don't get a whole lot of sunlight. It's cloudy. It's overcast. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of depressing for a it lot is. of people. And it's and cold it, and, you know, yeah. it gets icy and shoveling snow. And sometimes there's like a ton of snow around here. Like we had one storm that was two feet of snow. That's not my idea of a good time. I mean, yeah, yeah. You have to be <laughs> kind of crazy for that one, right? Yeah. It's really like, okay. It. It's like that's, down here. If we get two inches of snow, that's, that's a little much, you know, we love it for the kids, but like after you're an adult and you have to deal with it and drive in it, you're like, oh, not yeah. so much. Exactly. Exactly. I'm glad that you only get two inches and not two feet. So <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a fun song. I have now come some songs that are more based on what was happening in society. Um, I was very touched when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, and I'd seen the two documentaries about her life, and was particularly touched by her relationship with her husband Marty. They had an amazing relationship where she supported him when they were younger. They met at Cornell very young and had their children very young. And then when he went to Harvard Law School, he got cancer, and she'd like go to his classes and take his notes and help him as he was going through his treatment. But then, you know, as she went through her law training and started to progress, he was actually the wind under her wings, encouraging her to go for it. And when she became a Supreme Court justice, he liked being the host. You know, he liked to cook. He liked to entertain. So I wrote a song called Marty and Ruth about their amazing, I call it a visionary love story fairy tale. So it's about their life. And it even includes some of their words between one another. And that song was just released um, in the March Folk Now compilation that Eric Balke of Hudson Harding Music does. He sends it out to the whole global folk DJ community. And I think Lily Kurzma, who's from Chicago on her NPR station, I think she chose it to play this week because I saw a note yesterday on Facebook. So thank you, Lily, for playing Marty and Ruth and all nice. the other folk DJs who've been playing it. Then 
the the 10th song is called Nightmare in the Capitol. I wrote that after the January 6th Capitol riots. And mm -hmm. I was particularly wondering, one thing that's been weighing on me is what's it like to be a child growing up in a pandemic? So it's about the nightmare in the Capitol, but it's also looking at life through the eyes of a child in the voice of a child. And that is a very powerful song. When this album first came out, that got quite a lot of play because it, it the album came out January 1st and January 6th was the anniversary of the Capitol riots. And the song is really powerful. In fact, my town paper in Waltham picked it up and there was a feature article about me and that song at the anniversary of the Capitol riots. So that was powerful too. And then the 11th song is called Finally Room for Me. That's that's another sort of, it's serious but fun at the same time. I have a friend named John who moved from Massachusetts to Florida. And mm -hmm. sometimes when I take a walk, he talks with me and he talk all about the divorced and widowed women in Florida. And I came up with this. It's, this is a story called Finally Room for Me of like a woman who's finally leaving that alcoholic husband to have her own life. But mm -hmm. it, it's sort of funny and liberating in a way, you know, the way I've written it. But it's also serious and it's very uplifting and it has more of an Americana arrangement. Um, upbeat. People like it a lot. And my closing song on Home is another one that has to do with our world. When Amanda Gorman gave her really poignant inaugural speech, I was very touched by her words. And towards the end, she talked about not just seeing the light, but being the light. And that really struck me. So I woke up the next morning with this song called Be the Light, which people have called an anthem for humanity. And a lot of people love this song a lot. In fact, I've made some lyric videos. There's a woman, Amy Malkoff, who's so talented. She's a musician, but she's also creative with visual arts and she promotes some artists and manages them. But she made beautiful lyric videos. She made one for Marty and Ruth. She made one for Nightmare in the Capitol. And she made one for Be the Light and for Prayers from my Monuments of Love album. So her video, Be the Light, is absolutely gorgeous. And um, the, the whole image of being the light and keeping the flame of peace still burning in our hearts as humanity. That's what the song is about. Right on. And so just for those listening, and I guess myself, I think Amanda is the new mayor for Boston, right? Amanda Gorman was the poet laureate of the United States. And she was, a, she's a very young woman in her early twenties. Okay. 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 I was, yeah. I was trying, I was trying, I was like, who, who, who was that? Yeah. And she was asked to be, to give the inaugural poem. Oh, but yes, yes, yes. I know. Yes. Yes. I remember her now. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. The young black lady, young black lady always wears really beautiful colors and so articulate. She has such a gift with her, her words. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember her poem now. Yeah, it was uh, it was very uplifting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to put that in my mind. I was like, Amanda, Amanda, Amanda. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, on, we're on the very, same. Very, very touched by her words and by her heart, and particularly the difference between seeing the light and being the light. Oh, there's a big difference, for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, that is a great wrap up of the new album. Uh, yeah. And I've, I've been playing it. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, uh, three more questions to walk it out of the door. And, sure. Uh, 
I think it, it sounds like the storm is beginning to pass. I don't know. We might be in the heart of it here. I don't know. But uh, uh, question number one is uh, we've covered that uh, your new song, and I want to reiterate that uh, it's going to be released on Earth Day, May 1st. It's actually Global Love Day. Global Love Day. May 1st. Uh, replug that song. Uh, what is the name of that love. song? Yeah. Let There Be Love is a song that Mike Greenlee and I have written in response to what we've been going through. It's more than two years of pandemic living, a war in the Ukraine. And it's really designed to offer hope and healing and bring us together to bring out the good, you know, to, to bridge the political divides where all people can't you see with a heart and soul inside the actions that we take impact everyone alive. Let us join our hands and hearts to assure we all survive. So let there be peace, a rainbow in the rain. Let's plant the seeds to find a better way. You know, it's, it's, it's a song that really inspires and it's a song we want heard all over the world sung by people in groups right on and i believe that is to be the piece it's something that i've uh, asked myself uh, as you know as the great divide continues to divide further is uh what can i do as an individual do i need to is it art is it music is it comedy uh, is it this podcast is like what can i do to, to bring uh people together who are not like-minded because once you sat down with someone who doesn't necessarily agree with you politically, you sit down and let's just say we're across the table for another, we're having dinner. You realize that there's not that much different about you. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's, and I believe it, it could be like a social media plague or I'm not real sure where the, the cultural divide comes from with that. Uh, but it seems like that's a big aid of it. But I think social media brings a lot of good to the table. But at the same time, it's a lot of harm because uh, you wouldn't say those things to me if you saw me in person. Hopefully not. No, I totally agree. I think <laughs> right. social media has polarized us. And people people will like flame or vent or put things on social media that if you actually spent time with people, I don't know that you'd be that way. So. Exactly, exactly. Question number two, uh, it's a softball here. What was your favorite part of this interview? <laughs> <laughs> when Quinn, my kitty, came yeah. and made her cameo appearance. <laughs> cameo appearance of the cat. Question three is, uh, I would like for you to plug uh, the people who were involved with uh, your latest album and uh, where people can connect with you on social media. To follow sure. your story. Absolutely. Lots of people were involved in home. I've all, all 10 of the studio albums I've made since 2014. I've worked with Doug Hammer at Dream World Productions in Lynn, Massachusetts. And so in terms of recording, editing, you know, mixing all that jazz, Doug and I have worked together for about 10 years. But the, the final mixing and mastering for this album was done by Eric Balky of Hudson Harding Music and Glenn Barrett of um, Morningstar Studios in Philadelphia, Grammy, double Grammy winning person and does phenomenal yes. work. So the, the way this album sounds is really, really great. And in terms of musicians, I have a lot of musicians I work <laughs> with. Um, it's, it's a long list from, you know, um, 
my Mark Bishop Evans played guitar and did vocal harmony on some of my songs. Jackie Damsky did violin on one song. Alice Hasen did violin on a bunch of songs. EJ Willette did violin and a bunch of instruments on a bunch of songs. Valerie Thompson is my longstanding amazing cellist. Craig Aiken did some amazing bass. Dave Birkin saxophone. Bo Winokur flugelhorn. Um, I'm just trying to, oh, Steve Latination's my amazing pedal steel guitarist. He lives in Florida. And um, I'm a sucker for pedal steel. You yeah. Know, I just, oh, I, I love pedal steel. I mm-hmm. love pedal steel. You know, and there are more people I probably haven't even named. Tracy Tretton is my amazing graphic designer. And the cover photo was one of my photos from one of those walks. Because mm-hmm. one day this, the light on this house was just amazing. So anyhow... A lot of people get things. Oh, Andy and Judy Daigle. Judy played mandolin. Andy played banjo. And a huge thanks to Andy Daigle because when Doug closed his studio for the pandemic, um, I'm grateful that Andy let me come down and record some of my reference tracks, piano and vocal, so that I could even send them to musicians to do remotely. So Andy was a phenomenal part of this album. And everything had to be done creatively. So Lots of people to thank, um, many, many people to thank. And I'm sorry for the people I haven't named. I'd have to open it up and literally read it to make sure I covered all the bases. And where to find me, um, I'm lindamarksmusic.com. That's my website. I'm on Facebook, both under Linda Marks and Linda Marks Music. Um, I run Women in Music Gathering, and we have a page on Facebook. I'm on all the different platforms. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as L-S-M-H-E-A-R-T, L-S-M Heart. Um, I have a SoundCloud account. I'm on every possible digital platform. I've got lots of stuff on YouTube, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, you name it, Pandora. Um, There's so many platforms. And I even have a Reverb Nation page, but I barely use it because it's much more fun putting stuff up on YouTube or just making albums. Absolutely. Well, Linda, uh, thank you uh, so much for carving out a little piece of your day this evening for me to sit down and have this conversation with you. Uh, Third time here on the show. Uh, You're always welcome back. Thank you for always keeping me in mind, for sending me your work. And uh, until we uh, talk again uh, here on Skype, uh, Linda, you take care and uh, keep on on pressing those songs out. Thank you so much. And thank you for (laughs) what you do with your podcast, you know, to bring other musicians to more people you know it's, it's a real gift during a pandemic it's easy to feel invisible so when there's the opportunity to share it's a real gift so thank you for all you do and thank you for having me right on well linda thank you so much and thank uh, you we'll go ahead and sign out we'll see you good night all right
be love Being split and torn apart By political divides We're all people, can't you see? With our heart and soul inside The actions that we take Impact everyone alive May we join our hands and hearts To assure we all survive Let there be peace A rainbow in the rain Let's plant the seeds To find a better way Let there be Most of all, let there be love. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.